Hey friends, welcome to the Thrive Like a Parent podcast. You know those parents who look like they've got it all together? Yep, that's not me. I'm Dr. Brooke Weinstein, mom, widow, and neuroscience expert on all things sensory and emotional regulation. Yep, that's right. I'm here to get down and dirty on the truth behind parenting, education, burnout, neuroscience, widowhood, and the shit show we call life. So come join me for conversations with thought leaders, doctors, and women just like you who aren't afraid to speak the truth and help you find that silver lining between the to-do lists, shit shows, and chaos of parenthood. If you are craving the answers to finally find that sweet spot between chaos and calm, pull up a seat and listen in as I take you from burnt out and surviving to finally thriving. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Thrive Like a Parent podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about parenthood and why it's so flipping exhausting. And my hope in talking about this is that you really validate for yourself the level of exhaustion you truly feel. And I hope that within this, you maybe see that it's honestly okay to slow down and that we as parents are doing so much, yet we don't necessarily need to do as much as we're doing. So I'm going to start off by giving you a little story. I just went on a one-week trip. I do this once a year where my mom takes my boys and she brings them to New Orleans and I just take the respite care I need. And it was an incredible week, an interesting week. And I promise to share that more on another podcast, totally dedicated to 100% that because there's so much to be gained and learned from my own experience that I would love to share with you. But the last night we do a labyrinth walk and I was just a freaking hot mess. Like, I I don't even know what else to say. And there have been others who had been there before. And this was my first time. So I was just a mess. And we walked in and we wrote things to release into the fire of things we're releasing, things we no longer want to hold on to, and then things that we want to bring into our lives. And the energetic feeling of, going into that labyrinth felt so overwhelming and releasing the words that I wrote felt overwhelming as well as accepting in the things that I want felt so beautiful. And I felt so different walking in versus walking out. It almost felt like different experiences And the reason it felt so different walking out was because I realized that my week was over. And as a solo parent, I have incredible support. But consistently, right now, as I have it set up, I only get seven days a year. That's it. Seven days a year to not be a parent. And you listening to this 
may be chuckling and saying, I don't even get that. Like, I don't, I don't get that. Right. Now, whether you are a solo parent, a single parent, a parent with a co-parent, a parent with a spouse, any and all the above, this is still hard. And you get to honor that exhaustion. You get to honor those feelings. Crazy enough, my mom flew from New Orleans to Austin to bring the boys back. And I was flying from California to Austin and meeting my mom at the airport. And then she was hopping back on a plane to head back to New Orleans, which I'm so grateful that my mom helps me with the travel because I knew if I did this, especially the first year after Jonathan passed, it would exhaust me more. Like, you know what it's like to travel with kids. And so she's so wonderful and picks them up and drops them off. But her plane going back to New Orleans was the plane that I was on. So it went from California to Austin and Austin onto New Orleans. And so we really had a perfect connection. But the boys were standing there waiting for me as I'm going up from the plane. And I see them and I start running uphill with my suitcase and crying at the same time because I'm so freaking excited to hold them in my arms. And then I gave them their gifts. Charlie was ecstatic and Eli, it wasn't quite enough. But this is something Eli had been wanting for a really long time, a little stuffy that he always pointed out. And we talked it through and I had to, you know, support him and allow his feelings, but also, you know, discuss the lesson of, you know, we accept what we get and we feel grateful for what we, all the things, right? And it was just whoa, right back in my face. This is why, this is why it's exhausting. I do not think that parents truly understand what it actually means to be a parent and what is all entailed within parenthood. A lot of us believe like, yeah, they're just going to get it. Like they're just going to understand and like pick these things up X, Y, Z, if you will. Right. We are teachers. Like we are hands down teachers for our children. And we are the ones who have to teach them all the ways of the world and of life and the important, important lessons, because who else is going to do that? Who else is going to teach them how to place a napkin in their lap and hold a fork right and, and how to cut their food and how to put on their clothes and how to brush their teeth and wipe their butts and eventually, hopefully fold their laundry. Like we are their teacher. That word parent is not just an emotional support. It's a teacher of all things, like a teacher of society and humanity and life's lessons and the immense amount of wisdom and knowledge and education, like the things we have to impart onto our children is never ending. And we hope that with those 18 years that we've given them enough before they leave the nest. And that is sometimes multiplied when you have more than one. And it continues on and on and on. Not to mention 
you literally don't have your extremities for a good amount of years. I like to tell clients, especially who I'm working with as couples, I call it the decade of hell. <laughs> it is. It's all hands on deck, supporting your children, focusing on them, making sure their needs are met, teaching, supporting. You know, we came home. Uh, apparently, Charlie wasn't feeling well and he was kind of nauseous and this and that. Like, boom, right in, right in, right? I don't get to sit there. Now, yes, Eli and had a conversation. He and I had a conversation later about the gifts and all the things, but, and it's totally normal, by the way, for his age, right? It's just another thing we have to teach, but I don't get to say, you know, Eli, I really took some time and I thought about this and I was so excited to buy this for you. And you don't get to have your feelings right now that I didn't buy you whatever chocolate egg you wanted, plus the stuffy, like cut me a break. Like, come on, dude, like be grateful for what you, like, I don't get to do that. Right. In order for him to feel emotionally supported and regulated, I tend to where he is at, his emotions. I don't shut them down. Now, do we have a conversation later so I can help support the narrative and teaching those lessons? Yeah, but that's also exhausting, right? Like the boys didn't ask me, hey, mom, how was, how was your trip? Like, how'd it go? Look, we got you you know, we got some, we got some support here so that you can kind of ease and transition back in. Like they didn't, right? Like it's up to us. It's up to us to really learn how we're doing emotionally and physically. It's up to us to support ourselves. It's up to us to take care of ourselves. So often I see partnerships as well bashing on the other one because you're not getting enough support or you're not getting enough of your needs met. And so we blame each other because we need you to get off of your phone or, or, or tend to the kids more or this or that. Like we as a collective are all flipping exhausted, all of us. I think that because I have this innate level of understanding now that I am solo and doing both, both jobs, if you will, there are so many who are also doing both jobs and you still have a partnership, right? Like so many of us are now two working spouse incomes, right? Like we are all doing what we can to make it. It's like crazy that this world that we're growing up our selves and our children. It's just absolutely bad shit. But I now have the understanding of what it was like for Jonathan. And the first few years when Jonathan was gone, I had to navigate making sure things like taking out the trash and homeowners insurance and taxes, like all these things that Jonathan did, I now had to do. I added to my list. And the pressure of that I felt, and now of course I have it under control and I have, you know, a team who helps me and lots of support. That's the best way. But I now understand what it's like. I now understand from the lens that I wouldn't have had. I would not have had. And I also, of course, understand the lens of the caregiver role because that's what I did. I also worked as a caregiver. And so we are all collectively exhausted. We are all trying our best 
we don't necessarily give enough credit to validating the shift and transition in life. And I will say even the life that we lost, you don't have, besides the little tiny person in your head that's constantly narrating things for you, plus the external world that's shooting things at you, now you have a child talking to you, maybe multiple children talking to you, maybe dogs saying, hey, I'm hungry. You know, maybe you're you're smelling poop at like, it's at every single angle. And one of my team members, Maria, did this incredible, incredible thing with her family and took some time off from social media, took some time off from all electronics this summer. And she is navigating back into the world. And what has come up for her is even down to like a rash on her skin. And she said her head has been in a fog for the past few weeks as she's starting to navigate all the stimuli around her. And what a beautiful gift she has given us to see that mirror of just how much stress and pressure this world that we are living in. And I really do not think that we as a society recognize that, validate that, or do anything about it, right? Like, perfect example, Instagram, while I was on my trip, boop, here's threads. What the F is that? Like, why do we need that? There's already a bunch of those. It's, it's like a cross between Reddit and, and Twitter and I, I don't know what else. Like, why do we need more? Why? But there's just this need to like, oh, I got to jump on that. I got to do this. I got to do that. And so on top of the exhaustion that we feel with our children from all their needs being met, all the whining, all the crying, all the sleepless nights, the sickness, the snot, like all of that, right? That would be enough. Like that would be enough. We make sure that our emails are at zero before we go to bed at night. We make sure we've texted everyone back before we go to bed at night. We're expected to be on call on Saturday and Sunday as a worker now. Like you don't get weekend. Like what are weekends? Social media has ramped up our engines to the nth degree and our children are growing up in this. We are expected to do so much more and most of us, aren't getting even compensated for that more. This is just our norm and expected. And seeing how her, literally her body, her nervous system has translated into adding stimuli back into her nervous system, it just goes to show how deep this goes. Your brain and your body has been functioning at a certain level for a really, really, really long time. What I do every single year after I go on this trip is I say, okay, how long can I keep this going? How long can I maintain this level of regulation? How long can I sustain this? And so I find on these trips, I walk slower, I talk slower, I do my books on audio, I do them at like almost 2x at this point because I'm just soaking them in and love it. And I'm used to how fast it goes. I always end up slowing it down because I was like, this 
this is like giving me a headache. Like this is too fat. Like, no, like I want this slower. Your body and brain was not meant to function this way. Now, parenthood is exhausting enough. Okay. Like we've just gone through that, right? Like I didn't want that gift. I wanted another gift. Awesome. Like, cool. Like you're welcome. You know, like this is exhausting, but then let's add societal norms and all that we are asked and requested of to do because oh, you might get canceled or there might be someone right up behind you who's going to take your, your spot or who's going to get the promotion rather than you or who's going to, I don't know, get, get higher in the ranks of podcast, like whatever it is, there's all this societal pressure to keep going, to keep doing, to be enough. Like no wonder there's so much. No wonder there is so much mental health issues in the world because this is not sustainable. This is not sustainable. And so the first step in understanding how to take care of yourself, the first number one step to taking care of yourself within the exhaustion of parenthood is awareness and acceptance. Awareness of like, how do I feel, right? I feel exhausted. Great. You get to feel that. Feeling exhausted does not mean you're weak. Feeling exhausted does not mean that you're a bad parent. Feeling exhausted means you're probably doing a phenomenal job. Feeling exhausted means you're busting your booty to keep the lights on and tuck your kids into bed every night. Like feeling exhausted is the the baseline for parenthood. But the awareness and acceptance of that exhaustion can lead you to such mental clarity and health. Because when you accept how your brain and body is feeling, you are then allowed to go after the mental health that your brain and body is craving, deserves, and longs for. And to be quite honest with you, that mental health and clarity your children need that. They don't want an exhausted, burnt out parent because that exhausted, burnt out parent guarantee you you're snapping more, guarantee you you don't have time, guarantee you you're scrolling, guarantee you you're, you're fed up, guarantee you you're eating the leftover food off your kid's plate, like guarantee you you're not happy either. I was having a conversation this week with someone who said, she pulled out a bunch of pictures for her kids. And she said, which picture of mommy do you like the best? Like which, which one kind of calls to you, if you will. And at the time she was working at a bank and doing really well. And the picture her kids both picked out was of her dancing. And she knew in that moment that it was time for her to leave her bank job. And that even if she would make less as a single mother, even if she knew that meant she'd make less, she could see how all she wanted was to give her children the mommy that they enjoyed, which was the mommy who was dancing and the mommy who was enjoying her life and the mom who was happy, like happy. But in order to get those things, in order to support ourselves, not only do we have to have the awareness and acceptance 
but we have to do something about it. We have to learn how to regulate ourselves. We have to learn how to support our brain in the way that feels best and right for you. And that isn't with a toolbox of meditation, journaling, and breath work. I don't know what it is for you. For me, my number one regulator is dance. For you, it might be cooking. For someone else, it might be yoga. For someone else, it might be silence. Another person, a sensory deprivation tank. Who knows what? But until you start gifting yourself with the gift of self-care, you will never, ever find out. Ever. Ever. And long-term exhaustion and, and feeling burnt out, what does that mean? That means that you are building up so many hormones in your nervous system and body and brain that are not going to lead to health long-term. Mental health or physical health. And so you may not be able to do seven days. You may not be able to do a day. You may not be able to do anything. And that might be how you feel in this moment. But if you really, truly look and dive deep into, let's say, your schedule or your life, if you want it bad enough, you're going to make it work. You're going to find a way. You're going to ask for support. Or you're going to figure out how to do yoga with your kids sitting right there. You're going to figure it out. And I figured it out through solo parenting in lockdown. I figured it out through solo parenting even while Jonathan and I were separated as a co-parent. And I have figured it out now that I'm a true, full-blown, widowed solo parent. And it's not just, well, book a trip and I'll be gone for seven days. This is a, a daily, daily practice. You need to think of it like a gas tank. You know, if your gas tank is empty, but you're like, yeah, 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 I get those seven days once a year, right? Like I, 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 ooh, I wouldn't be able to function. And so I take what I need along the way. And tiny, tiny little consistent, consistent practices for me in the way that works for me. And if you find those for you, it's tending to the nervous system on a daily basis and consistently so that you never get on E. Now, you might get close to E. The gaslight might go on. That's totally normal and totally okay. But at the end of the day, it starts with you. It doesn't start with blaming your partner. It doesn't start with, I'm going to say it, it doesn't start with of, of sitting there feeling like everyone else can do this but me. Like everyone else has the time. They have the, the like everyone, like it, that's not going to cut it. Because I could have done that. I could have sat down and been like, well, everyone else, you know, they have, they have support, they have this, they have that. It's, you know, I just don't get that. I was unwilling. 
I was unwilling to allow my mental health to take a back seat, even through being a solo parent and being wildly driven in my career and loving what I do and supporting others. Like I was unwilling to let my journey and life, let's call them life circumstances, if you will, that even feels icky to me. Like I, I, I wasn't willing to, to allow that to be my, oh, well there, yeah, that's fine. You know, like, okay, I guess this is just it. You are so worthy of finding that self-care. You are so worthy of gaining support, no matter who it is. You are so worthy of finding a community. You are so worthy of asking someone for support. You're so worthy of, of, of having a moment of silence or just to stretch before you go to bed, like whatever it is for you. You are so, so worthy of that but I cannot give that to you. You have to decide for yourself, I am worthy enough and I'm going to try this on. Is it going to feel wildly uncomfortable? Yes, we talk about that all the time. But giving yourself the gift of acceptance of the exhaustion as well as awareness and then giving yourself the gift of taking care of that exhaustion as if you were taking care of a sick child, a best friend or a loved one, because that is your brain saying, I need help. I need to take care of myself. And it is okay to take care of yourself in parenthood. It is okay to struggle. It's okay to feel exhausted. We all do. It's okay to eat the leftover macaroni on your cheese on your kid's plate. We all do because it's sometimes delicious. Like it's okay. It is okay to not show up as perfect all the time. And when someone asks you how you're doing, try telling them the actual truth, whether it is a high or a low day. Try crying in public. Like try asking for a hug. Like do what you need to do because that is humanness. That is what deep down we are all needing and craving within our lives. And the only way to feel that is for you to allow yourself to just simply show who you are and where you're at. And little by little, even crying. Like when I get on calls with people and I say, hi, so great to meet you. I say, literally to every single person that I ever talk to, I say, tears are okay. No apologies. Because you're shaming your tears. Like, I want the tears. That's regulation. Like, bring it on. It's okay. It is okay to accept the exhaustion. And what I would love for you to do is after listening to this, sit with yourself for a moment. Don't jump to the next thing. Sit with yourself for a moment and ask yourself, what is one thing I can do today that would feel really good? Maybe it's five minutes. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's sitting, waiting, like I asked you to for that moment before you jump to the next thing. Take some deep breaths. Lift your head. Rather than looking down at the phone, like 
put, look, look up and look around you at the world. Take it in. Take a deep breath. Sigh it out. And give yourself the one thing that will feel good just simply for today and let that be enough. And until next time, XOXO, Dr. B.